Hello everyone and welcome back to a new episode of Primius, the down-to-earth Hasidus podcast. Um, this week's shiur was sponsored generously, the Ilui Nishmas, Rav Shmuel Yosef Ben Yechezkel, his your is on Yud Gimel Kislev, so it's a timely, um, a timely mitzvah for his neshama, and the schools of all the listeners and all the mitzvahs we will do uh, because of this class, they're all in his merit. So, um, in this part of Aishlach, we have one of the most incredible, uh, interesting um, parts of Torah that makes you truly wonder. Um, when you when you read something, when you get into the dimension of like the Midrashim and all the Kabbalah and all the Chsiyas has to say about a certain part of the Torah, it's literally amazing. Uh, so much so that one of the Meforshim, the Kliyokor, um, and this part, which I'll say soon what it is, um, he says, the Pirushim and this part of the Torah are so many and so extensive. The opinions, the ideas, the depth is so wide, I could never put it all together in one parchment. And because the only one who knows the true interpretation of it is Hashem, I'll just do my part and I'll add my, my two cents to it. That's, that's how the Kliokor starts the Peter's on this Posuk. And we're talking, of course, about the Posuk that says, By ish imoy There was a man. It doesn't say which man or who or what. There was a man who found Yaakov and fought him until the rise of the sun, until the morning. So basically, Yaakov Avinu, after the whole, uh, an entire life of back and forth fighting with, against Esau, these two brothers, ever since they're born, Esau is flying out first, Yaakov is grab, grabbing him by the ankle, no, come over here, I'm first, no, I'm first. And they start already like that from the beginning. Then Yaakov takes away his Bechoiro uh, to be the, um, uh, the, the, the firstborn, um, um, what's called, birthright. Um, then he steals the broches, the blessings from his father. Then Aesop swears he's going to kill him. Yaakov has to escape. He goes to work by his, by his uh, uncle, um, then 20 years later, they're finally about to meet. It's like a whole long life story of back and forth. And they're about to meet and something interesting happens. Yaakov already crosses the river with all of his family and assets and everything. And then he goes back a little, you know, like when you go back for a moment just to check the stuff, I forgot a little something. And then a man meets him and fights him the whole night. Who's the man? What does he want? We don't know. There is a big mystery behind this story. That's why so many Pirushim and so many interpretations. Just like the Kliokor says, but oh well, <laughs> I'll give my part. Um, I'll dare to interpret the Torah. The Meforshim explained this fight because the word is not, uh, the verb the Torah uses is not milchomo, or, or whatever, any other war that goes for battling or fighting or, or physical, uh, I don't know, punching, kicking. He doesn't use those words. He uses the word by Abek. So Rashi wonders, where does the word come from? What does it mean? So one Peter sees that it's from the word Abak, 
Abaki's um, dust. When people fight, they're dusting. Like they're, they're like picking up dust. And the Medrash says, their dust went all the way up to the throne of Hashem. Like, there was, like the Medrash tries to explain and show how bad the fight was. Um, and then the other Pidush is the, that Vayeavek is like Vayechavek. Like you can exchange the Aleph for the Ches and it brings examples why you could do that grammatically. And Bekitzur, it means to hug. They were hugging, fighting. It would be more like a wrestle, more like judo than karate. Not punching and kicking, but more like hugging and like it's a love-hate type of relationship. This is the climax of the fight, of the lifelong fight between Yaakov and Esau. The Chachomim interpret this to be that Yaakov found or the one who came to him was the angel of Esau, the minister, the spiritual form and shape of Esau that came to fight Yaakov. That was the climax of, the, of their life fight. And then, as soon as he finishes, the, the, the sun rises, the day starts, he sees Esau, they run to each other, they hug each other, they kiss, they cry, and oh well, we're besties. Wait, what, what just happened? <laughs> what, what did just happen? Like, like you were fighting like to death forever, and now all of a sudden, as if nothing happened, what, what exactly is behind Hi, what's hiding behind this story? So, we're going to try to put together um, many Maimorim and Siches and, and the Meforshim from all the parts. And we'll start by quoting the Kabbalistic idea of Esav and Yaakov in the spiritual world. Then we'll go through the soul of the person and then we'll apply it to the reality of life and the nations. Basically, when Hashem starts creating the world, it says in Kabbalah that Hashem sends two different dynamics, two different energies, two different godly powers to sustain and create everything that He's making. One is called Toyu, one is called Tikkun. In the actual text of the Breshis, in the, in the Pshat of the Toyo, it's like Hashem created everything and everything was still confused and like a chaos. And then Hashem fixed it and separated and put it apart. So that tov is the beginning stage. And then the fixing, the correcting, the tikkun is the later stage of the creation. First Hashem emanates a big energy. It's still a big mixture and like whatever, chaos. And then it separates everything into its place. So the waters go here. The land is there. The seder, the teva, nature clicks all the buttons. Chick, chick, chick. Ready to take off. Now I can make Humanity, Hashem puts Adam and Chavo on earth. But that, it says in Kabbalah, is actually a tale of two energies that are constantly happening in our world. One that's mainly power with no order, and one that's mainly order, order without so much power. In other words, one is pure energy, it's genuine, it's strong, but it doesn't have a clue. It doesn't, it doesn't have a conducting canal. It's like a lot of rain, but there is no uh, sewage, pipe system, whatever. Like there is no way to take care of it. So then it makes a flood. So there is a lot of energy coming, but there aren't any kalim. It's like a very, 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 very smart person that was never educated. And so it doesn't have language, math, 
ideas, Gemara, logic, learning. He doesn't have concepts in which to put his intelligence. So all of that intelligent ability just like flies in the air and it probably will make him crazy or, or what we call nowadays ADHD or whatever. So because actually it's a lot of koach without uh, a channel, without a way, without a kli. Now, on the other hand, Yaakov is the more keili oriented, very ordered, very whatever, but with much less spiritual intensity. It's, more, it's a more simple life. One is a crazy investment that can give you millions, but can make you broke in one day. And the other one, it's like a safe bet that won't make you rich, but won't risk your, your potential either. This is why when we look at them, Esau and Yaakov, like Toyu and Tikkun, it's not anymore good versus bad. It's good in this way versus good in that way. Potential versus reality. Infinite idealism or practical, practical reality. And that's why Itzhak and Rivka were crossed in their likings. We always wonder, one of the main questions that people have when learning these parishes is how come Itzhak didn't realize Esau was bad? How come Avram didn't realize Ishmael was bad? How come they loved the wrong son? And what? So Rivka and, 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 and Itzhak never tried to discuss, like Rivka never tried to convince him. Believe me, Anita Shamame, she did try to convince Itzhak. But why was Itzhak blind? So literally, he was blind in his eyes, and the Chachamim tell us that he was blind, that he didn't see or didn't want to see how bad Esau was, which is what the Chachamim tell us about Esau. But if you go a little deeper, Esau is actually, actually a very high godly energy. And Yitzchok knew this. And he was blind to the Chitzonius. Yitzchok didn't want to see the superficial interpretation of reality. He's like, Rivka, don't tell me. I know who Esau is. He has so much power. I'm telling you, if we just manage to put him in the right path, if we just find the Kalim for him, if we help him find the Kalim, I'm telling you, Esau is the future of the Jewish people. And Rivka is like, Yitzchak, stop dreaming. Oh my gosh, put your feet on the ground, Yitzchak. Like, you can't build on potential. You need reality. You need a responsible son who can commit to a very tough 4,000 years of pain and, and fighting against that different civilizations just to prove a point for which everyone will hate him even though they will use that idea, but they'll hate him for saying it. So you need someone responsible. You need someone who is going to stick to the plan and whatever. That was Itzhak versus Rivka, Abraham versus Sarah. One is full of passion and koyach and kavona, and the other one has the why and for what, the direction for the thing. Now, both those, both of, both of these two energies, they're both actively um, at work inside of us. Those two brothers is me. My own nefeshalikis is my tikkun, my fixing, I don't know, my, my, the, what, what, What's my solution? What fixes me? My correction? And then Nefeshavamis is the behemoth, is the beast, the big power, the koyach. And they're always, they start by fighting. Can you hear the fights of Yaakov and Esau inside of yourself? 
as soon as they're born, Esau is like, yeah, this is about me. I'm going to eat. I'm going to get a lot of sugar, sugar, reproduction, and what else? What? No, the, 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 like, like, that's what the animal wants. And Yako is like, no, 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 grabbing by his ankle. Get over here. Life does have a meaning. Okay? So we have something to do. It's not just like, yay, whatever. There is a responsibility. And so they're like, oh, you again, stopping me. I want to fly. I want to run. And you're grabbing me. You're anchoring me. And Yaakov is like, I know because we have a mission to take care of. Just shut up. And like, they're fighting with each other. Then Yaakov sees that Esau is not going to get it. Then after the keys at some point, if you learn Torah and whatever, listen, my Yetzirah will never get it. So I better just, you know, cheat him and steal the energy from him. I just need to use his energy for my purpose. I have the purpose. So what does he need the energy for? What does he need the blessing and the Bechoido? What does he need to be have the, 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 the birthright? And so like, he tells Esau, give it to me. And he's like, no way, I won't. <laughs> but I got a whole chalent pot for you. Oh yeah, then I don't mind, I'll sell it. Jacob takes advantage of the beast-like attitude of Esau and he steals it from him because he's jealous that he's got the energy which he doesn't know how to use, but I do, but I don't have, I, I, I have the direction, but I don't have the power, so I need to take it from you. So he also takes the broches from, from, he goes to Yitzchak, he's like, ah, ah, I'm Esau. You're right, let me talk to you. You see, I know how to dress up, how to get dressed up like Esau. So he plays both games and, and Esau gets upset. Esau wants to kill him. He has to run off and work. Do you feel the tension over here? What is going wrong? What, 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 what is actually going wrong in the tension that got formed between the between the 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 reckless innocence and bestiality of Aesop and the need to bring in sense and meaning by 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 Yaakov, but because he doesn't figure out how to convince Aesop about, about that. So instead of bringing meaning to Aesop, he just cheats on him and takes it from him. And then they fight and they hate each other. And the most surprising is that right after that, when they meet, oh, we're best friends. They're hugging. They're like, everything is fine. What happened in between these two, like a whole life of back and forth fighting where one is jealous of the energy of the other and the other is like oblivious to his own neglect attitude, neglecting attitude towards his own energy that he's misusing, but still thinks that it's wrong that somebody else should use it correctly. And then he fights him, but then he doesn't even know what he's fighting for. But not, what happens with all this tension? Where did it go? And the answer is the secret mysterious fight with the angel of Aesop. The, the, uh, the solution of this eternal yin-yang embedded one into another type of fight comes to and uh, uh, comes to a what's called a resolution in the moment that Yaakov won admits to the angel of Esau, the Chachomim tells us it's the angel of Esau. What's the angel? The spiritual part of Esau, the meaning of it. Yaakov finally faces it and he understands that the physical Esau will never make up with me unless and until I don't find a resolution with my inner Esau. 
Until I don't fix my relationship with the guy that's inside of me, I will not be able to be at peace with the guy that's outside of me. Until the moment you don't face your own, the problem you had was not with the goishkite or with the klipa. It was with your own goishkite and klipa. And because you never realized the major nekuda, I think one of the major nekudas in, in Hasidus about this, uh, the Kabbalistic perspective of this interesting story of Toido is when he tells us that Hashem gave Yaakov the bracha. So we said Rivka was right, of course. Yaakov is the Jewish son. And the sons of Yaakov are called Bnei Israel. And yet, that is through Yaakov, not for Yaakov. The bracha is given to Yaakov in order for him to give it to Esau. That's why it says in Exodus. It wasn't for him. It was for him to show Esau how to be better. The power is in Toyu. The direction is in Tikkun. So you're not the owner of the power. You're the one who holds it because you're the one who knows how to direct it. As if there is a rich kid who's a baby and he inherited the money, but he doesn't know how to do anything, he's a kid. And so the Chachomim put an, uh, an apotrophus, the Chachomim said a person who's going to administer the money for the kid. But, and you can also get to have a good life because you're using the money also according to the percentage that belongs to you, blah, blah, blah. But it is money. You're the administrator. You're the administrator. You're not the owner of it. It says in Chesides that the brocha was given to Yaakov for Esau. You're supposed to become an oil, a, a light unto the nations. Your Yetzer Toiv, your Nefeshelikis, is not the Tachlis. The Neshomo doesn't need fixing. It didn't come to the world to fix itself. The Neshomo came into the world to do Ashlichos with the Nefesh Abamis. The target of the Avodah Hashem is the Guf, the Nefesh Abamis, the world, the Tachtoinim, the Goishkite, the reality, the physical, the financial, the typical, the daily, the mundane. Over there is the Avodah Hashem. Ah! But the avoid that happens through Yaakov, right? But you, Yaakov, have to realize that un unless and until you face this malach, this inner avoido, until you, you fix your own Aesop, you're not going to get to the tachlis of yourself. And only when you realize that you can't just cheat on him and escape, you need to actually hug him. Only when you dare to wrestle with it, to wrestle with reality, to wrestle with your own midas, instead of living a life in which you escape from your real shortcomings and you make as if you're perfect because I play the Yankev game, but I leave the ace of sleeping inside of me, you're forever going to be in a fight with your ace of, with the outer ace of, with the whole world. You need to actually face the angel. I know it's not easy. You're going to be fighting the whole dark night. And the thing will hit you, you'll end up limping. You walk around limping. But you know what? You finally get this battle to a resolution only when you hug the angel of Aesop and you wrestle and you refine it and you elevate it, then your dust goes up to Kisei Akovid. Only then your life down here has a meaning all the way up there. Only when you stop escaping your Yetzirah and the Gashmius and the Aesop, when you stop trying to cheat on it because it's mean and I'll show it to it by cheating on it and escaping from it and making sure it doesn't kill me, when instead you dare to face it. 
Instead of looking bad at the Goy and speaking bad about him, go and teach him the seven mitzvahs, like the Rebbe told us. And people didn't understand when the Rebbe came out with this mitzvah. Everyone was like, what does the Rebbe want now? Like now with Goyim also, really? Like it wasn't enough to own shlichos with, with Freya Eden. Now I have to befriend Goyim and whatever. And you know what the Rebbe answered? Right. That's what bothers you. Because like doing business with the Goyim and making money with them and for your own interest, that you don't care. But teaching them the seven mitzvahs, now you're too frum. You don't want to talk to Goyim. <laughs> the Rebbe actually said those words in a sicha. Which means to find Esau, to take away the blessing from, for, from him, to escape him, all of that is fine. But finally, we have freedom and peace and you can finally wrestle with him in a good way, like refine him, fight, fight in a good way. I'm saying like wrestle and, and, and play the power game in the right way. He gives you the energy, you give him the, you give him the values. And that's why Yaakov, after so many years of fighting with it, he finally meets and faces the angel of Esau. And he's like, just tell me who the heck you are. I want to know who you are. What's your name? Jacob is like puzzled by this eternal fight that I have against I don't know who. Can you tell me who, I, who you are? And the angel answers, what, what do you need my name for? <laughs> I don't have to have a name. I'm inside of you. I'm you. Don't ask me for my name. Can't you tell? How does the fight finish? When, when, the, when, when the, the Malach Shalesa becomes mourning, there is too much light already, and he can't take it, he has to go. And Jacob holds him. And he's like, you're not going anywhere until you don't give me a blessing. Jacob realizes, finally, that the blessing of his life is actually inside of Esau's angel. That, that the Tachlis of his Yiddishkeit and of his nefesh elikis, is now when you deal with the nefesh avamis, with the reality of the world, with the gashmius of reality, and within there you find the blessing. And when you finally dare to look of your inner of the angel, the spiritual part of of you look it in the eyes, and you hug it, wrestle with it, refine it, fight it, get hurt, but come out victorious and finally refine it. And when you refine it, you get the spark of it and the energy and the blessing. Oh, the next day you can just walk straight into Aesop and he'll just hug you and cry on your shoulder. Because all the challenges, bigashmius, all the physical expressions of hard hardships in life, they're all just costumes. Can you tell that... I don't know, some of you listeners are probably too young, but those who are like around my neighborhood um, of age and those older than me that are listening, you can tell when you look at your life, you do a cheshwan nefesh, a general, a good general cheshwan nefesh of your life, most probably you will be able to tell that all the problems, even though they were different, some were health, some were money, some were family, some were uh, personalities, some were uh, job politics, community politics, you'll be able to tell that most of the problems at the end, bottom line, bottom line, they're all the same bug, just dressed up as a different, with a different costume. It's always the same idea. Deep inside, you're finding always the same angel. But when you finally realize that and you face it and you do what it takes to refine it, 
then you'll see that all the outer expressions of those challenges, they get a resolution, they get fixed, they get a tikkun, and they all come into place. But then we find the Akkomenes of like making up Keilu, and then Esau says, okay, fine, let's continue together. That's it, we made up. We're continuing to live hand in hand. And Yaakov says, no, 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 you go ahead. I'm very slow, you know, I have a lot of assets, animals, things, a big family. It's fine, you just go ahead, I'll catch up to you. I'll come to Seir. I'll come and catch up to you. Did Yaakov? No, he never did. Yaakov never went, actually. So Hazan asked, when? Yaakov promised. When, when will he fulfill the promise? When will Yaakov come around to meet Esau again? And the Chachomim answer, Bimei HaMoshiach, in the days of Moshiach. What does that mean? That in very general terms, Maise Ovois, Simen Labonim, the actions of the patriarchs are signs, are teachings for the sons, for us. They lived it in very general terms, in a short lifespan, doing these things, but they actually just showed it for us. They lived it once to show us what basically we're going to have to be doing for the next upcoming 4,000 years. That's the job of every Eid. We are all Yaakov, and we are all into the challenge of finding the way to make these two brothers live in peace, to make the energy be the, the koyach of the Kalim and the Kalim be the directors and administrators of that Koyach. Do not cheat on my Nefesh or listen to it, but instead becoming partners and after fighting and refining it, using it in the right way, give it direction, use its power, but with our direction. When you do that with yourself, between your own Esau and Yaakov, Nefesh and Nefesh then you'll be able to do it outside in the world between the Eid and the Goy and between the whole humanity and the rest, between, between the Amisrol and the rest of humanity. And when we will finally understand that, that we're meant to be the ones who actually guide with moral values our brother Aesop, then finally the energy and the Kalim, the oil and the Kalim will come to its perfect tikkun when? That is what it means to bring Moshiach. Thank you very much for listening and we'll hear each other again next week with Jesus.